Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman and Associates. Now, here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much again for joining me this week. My motivational quote for today is by Lee Iacocca, and he was actually at Chrysler Credit when I worked there 100 years ago. So Lee Iacocca said, you can have brilliant ideas, but if you can't get them across, your ideas won't get, get you anywhere. Have you ever been in a meeting or at a seminar and the person running the session has a presence where you think to yourself, wow, I wish I could project such a confident and strong image when I speak. If asked to present at the annual board meeting about the numbers your department has achieved over the past year, do you accept with excitement that you're going to be, have, have direct face time with the board or do you get that sick feeling in your stomach and think, I can't do this. I will never be able to prepare and pull it off, and I'm done. And they're going to see right through me, and I'm in way over my head. Which of these scenarios best describes your internal thought process? I hope for sure that it was the first one, but what if it's not? And you're listening now and thinking, yikes, I hope that I am never asked to present to any group of people, let alone the executive board members. Our discussion today is all about creating an executive presence, and we're going to discuss what does an executive presence actually mean. Today, you're going to learn some tips and some ideas as to how you can go into a meeting feeling confident, prepared, feeling powerful, and excited to be able to present on your topic. Today, we are talking with my expert, Christine Agnello. She is the CEO of the Actinim Group and is an advisor in executive communication. So help me welcome Christine. Hello. Hi, Connie. How are you? I am super. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. And Thanks I'm for having so me. My, absolutely my pleasure. And I just quickly, Christine and I met uh, six weeks ago or so. I went to a networking event. Christine happened to be the speaker. I happened to sit in the front of the room, and we kind of heckled each other a little bit back and forth, and a new friendship was forged. So I am really excited to have you on. And Thank you. Yeah, and this this whole topic, this executive presence is just, it's a very, very needed topic out there, and not just for women, but for men as well, and I, I'm very excited to talk about it. So let's jump in, and my first question to you is, what are the characteristics of executive presence? And with that, I don't know if you want to answer them separately or together, but who has it and who doesn't? So I don't know if that's a two-part question or you kind of answer that together. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. It's a very popular topic right now. It's it's so hard to define for some people, but you really know when you see it. And there was a phrase I recently came across that I love, which is, which is called grace under fire, um, which I always think is interesting. So the person who looks like it, they're engaging people. They command attention. Um, and you know what's interesting about these people is they oftentimes pay attention to other people. Uh, they have a look of certainty about them. They have clarity of thought and expression. And, Connie, it's really just this cluster of behaviors um, that together forms an impression. And the great thing about it is that it's a set of learned behaviors that can be developed over time. So it's not hopeless. If we don't have no. it, it's not like I'm done, I'm 50 years old, yeah. I'm never going to – we can. We can achieve, we can achieve this. 
Absolutely, because we, we see we see it a lot of places. We we know when we see it, and we know when we don't. So we talked about when we see it, the person comes in a room, they usually have great eye contact, they pay attention, they're certain in their voice, they're open, they're engaging, and those are those are some things. Um, and then we also have people that we look at and they say, ah, oh, maybe they don't have it, and it's really the opposite of that. Maybe they have a hard time engaging. They tend to be a bit monotone. The eye contact's not as strong. It's just. You know, overall, it's a combination of voice and word choice and body language. And, and together, that creates an overall impression. Uh, so, we, so we're looking at this together, nonverbal, verbal, energy, that's communicating confidence, confidence, control, and credibility. And let's not forget likability as well. Absolutely. You don't want to walk in and be arrogant. You could be confident, and, and you don't want to come in confident and arrogant. So right. let's let's talk about... Um, you know, when we do meet each other, most of the communication is clearly done through nonverbals, okay? So let's talk about what our body is saying, right? We might not know what's going on, but share with everybody the percentage of communication that really is the nonverbals, the body language. Yeah, Albert Moravian, he's a behavioralist, and he did this research in the 70s, and it's been really ongoing and has been used in, in many forms in terms of communicating the impact of communication. So when you're meeting somebody face-to-face, Connie, uh, the research says that about 55% of the overall impact in that communication has to do with your visual. So it's your eye contact, your movement, your gestures, what you're wearing, your Mm -hmm. posture, your facial expression, all of those things that they see within seconds. Um, Pretty powerful. And then about 38% is your vocal, and that's your pacing, your pausing, the fact that you, you're having clean speech rather than umming, for example. It's your range, too. So really, all that's left is 7%. And that's, unfortunately, where everybody focuses their attention is, what am I going to say? Let me memorize my speech. Let me memorize this performance. And what people don't look at is this idea of it's really not what you say. It is how you look when you say it and how you sound when you say it. It's funny. When I train I, you know, I'm from North Jersey. That's where I grew up, and not that that's a bad thing. I, <laughs> I feel some words I say are very harsh and hard. My, my definition. So when I train, you know, and I don't have the best vocabulary, right? I don't ever claim to be. So one of the things when I talk about this topic, exactly the non nonverbals are visuals, and how impactful that is when we communicate. And I, and I always say to people, you know, when you leave my classes, do you not? Feel my message? Do you not understand at your core of what I'm trying to get you to do and help you to do? Do you feel my passion? And they go, yeah, because it's my tone of voice, my my um, excitement when I talk about different things, my body language, when I look them in the eye, all of that. My words really are a secondary because I don't have a great vocabulary, but it's not that impactful to my message, again, because of that 7%. So I, I think that is such an uh, important, if everybody didn't know that, that's a very important, um, the, the um, statistics of it is very, very important. Next thing, can you actually define what, I know everybody's hearing about this executive presence, define it for us, what the heck does it even mean? Yeah, so I put it together, and, and really I think it's a combination of words, energy, vocal, and non-behavior, non-verbal behavior that together communicates. I think we call it the four C's, right? 
confidence, competence, control, credibility, and then we have a certain L in there, relikability. And it's really, if you think about it, you can put it into three parts. It's a bit of gravitas. It's how you act. It's communication skills, how you speak, and then it's appearance, and that's how you look. Mm. Yes, and and I can't wait to get to the section with the um, first impressions, or do you want to do that now? How how long it takes us really to make the first impression? Well, I I do want to say one thing, though, Connie, and I know I said it before, which was is a cluster of behaviors, and I think that's important because, you know, I've trained people for the past 18 years, and I give them this list, and they say, I have to have all of these things, or this one thing is going to create a perception that I'm not confident, and and that's not true. So if, for example, you have a hard time with the vocal range, like you don't have the gravitas with your voice, for example, but you've got great eye contact, and you stand well, and you're definite in your language, well, then, then, yeah, you do have gravitas. You don't have to have a 100% checkoff on that. It's really, again, a cluster of behaviors. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be, you know, present. And it's just one or two things, four or five things that together can create it and also diminish it, really. Yeah, that's true. And likability, I think we heard that, or at least the first time I heard that, was on American Idol. And remember Simon Cowell, and this is going back a few years, and he would say to the young person up there who was, you know, singing their heart out, and some of them he said that you have the like factor. There's a likability mm. about you. And we all, I, I think we all understand without having to really define it, everybody knows what the like factor is. People meet you and they're engaged immediately and they, they kind of want to hang out with you or want to spend a little more time with you. Right? That's mm-hmm. that, that likability. Um, but that really is important as well. So yeah. now so you said first impressions, how fast it, do they happen? Yeah. And, and that's the next piece. How fast do first impressions really happen? Well, you know, it's, it's as quick as seven seconds and it can be as long as a minute. And the the research was done on actual gender pairings. So research on when a woman meets a woman and a man meets a man. So, Connie, can you guess who takes the longest to make that first impression? Which gender pairing? Do I know? Yeah, I'm just asking. Just curious. Yeah. Well, I I definitely know. (laughs) A man man to a man. Man, Yeah, it's man on man, right. So these guys... Can we make fun of men on your show? I don't know. I don't know who your listeners are. Just kidding, guys. Fun. Kidding, guys. All right. So it takes two men, like a man getting the impression from another man, takes about forty to sixty seconds. Um, When a man meets a woman, it takes him about thirty. When a woman meets a man, uh, we and I'll just say we, representing women, we take about ten to fifteen seconds to figure that guy out. First impression. And women, we're fast. We're insightful. We go for seven seconds. I have to just share with you, I used this statistic and I was doing some training with an executive team with one of my clients and uh, we talked about first impressions, connections, all of that. And I was doing using DISC, my favorite with the communication Mm -hmm. model, you know, the behavioral model. And so I had just come from your seminar. So of course, you know, I had just learned this. So I teasing, they were all men. There's one female in the, in the group. And so I went through and I looked at her and I said, so now we know why it takes us, you know, 10 seconds and it takes them 40 to 60. We are the superior of the race. And Clearly. they all, yeah, yeah, yeah. You sound like my wife, you know, joking around. And then I said, really females are, I think we're just more intuitive is, mm-hmm. is really the answer. Not that we're, we are smarter, of course. <laughs> yeah, well, Guys, they'll, they'll throw it around and say we're judgmental, but Hey, I'm going to reject that. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. So we did get a good chuckle. The men really did get it. And, and, and all in good spirit, which is kind of cool, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So I love, I love those statistics because I think we take for granted that first impressions are pretty darn quick. Mm-hmm. So you and you mentioned it before how you look. That's part of that visual encounter. Um, be pressed, you know. Show up, and mm-hmm. and that's in and of itself. Be clean, pressed, and you know, men quaffed their hair done nicely. Women, same thing. <laughs> you know, you don't want to come in looking at like an unruly mess. That that, right. that will not bode well for a good first impression. Exactly. So now, and you know, yeah. And seven, and, by the way, the seven percent. I, I don't want to minimize that and say, hey, look, as long as you look good and smell good and sound good, everything is great. Um, you, you have to have the content. You have to, you know, the content. It has to be true. It has to be, you know, backed up with evidence. It has to be relevant. But I really, it makes me, you know, sad to see all this great work being put into seven percent, and that ninety-three percent is too yeah. noisy for us to even hear the seven percent. It's, so I don't want to really sound like true. shallow and saying, oh, look and smell good, but the content has to be there. But if two people have the same exact content and they're equally smart and I've got to promote someone to go see clients or get out there in front of uh, people, you know, that 93% is coming out. And I'm probably going to choose the person that has more executive presence, everything else Absolutely. being equal. Yeah. Absolutely. Can you give some examples of what it looks like to have executive presence and and equally what it looks like when you do not have executive presence. Yeah, sure. So we touched on some of those. One is just coming in a room and being comfortable in your skin, like approaching people, um, having open body language, natural facial expressions, like smiling when you say hello. Uh, that handshake, I don't get the flappy handshake, Connie. I'm saying there's got to be a firm handshake there. Absolutely. Uh, the so wet really noodle, important. the wet noodle, right? Wet, don't you don't do the wet that. noodle and you go, ew, right? Yeah, <laughs> I want to wipe my hand off. Um, so smiling. And, and facial expressions, just, again, like I said before, being natural. Um, sitting and standing is different, right? So from a, from a standing perspective, it's obviously being open. Some women will, will minimize their presence by crossing their legs, meaning standing and crossing their legs, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, putting their hands by their face. That the research shows that that communicates that you're self-conscious or insecure. Um, Connie, other things that kind of minimize it is maybe I'm jumping too fast into minimizing it, but you really got to watch out for putting your hands below that conference room table. It makes you really small, and if you look small, you feel small. Um, averting your eyes when having conversations with people that can make you look uncomfortable. It can make you look unprepared. There was something else that I was uh, looking at, you know, looking at research of my own and also research that's out there. And vocal range also is an indicator of executive presence. Again, one data point. So research shows that, I think it was Harvard Business Review, was talking about that people that have executive presence have a wider range of voice inflection and use a wider range of volume versus people that don't have executive presence, they usually tend to have a narrow range, uh, which, which impacts their ability to have things stand out and has things sound interesting. It reduces their passion. So bigger yeah. is usually more powerful. Smaller is really taking away your executive presence. 
Yeah, and and when you say the narrow narrow vocal, you know, uh, span, it's it, more like a monotone. They're more in the monotone field. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, it's a, it's a bit monotone. So your volume, let's say your volume is from a you know a one to a ten, one being a whisper, ten being very loud. Mm. Um, they're not using a, a wider range. So even if you're Connie, even if you and I are shouting at a ten, that's monotone, right? So it's using, let's say, to a three to a seven. It also has okay. to do with inflection. Sorry, you were going to say something. No, I said, okay, I understand. I understand yeah. that. It's also inflection. So, for example, if I say, I'm really happy to be here today, really, and today, that's high and low. So that's the range of uh, inflection. All right, cool. Very cool. All right, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, I want to talk about how we almost – block or or have barriers against our executive presence. And I really want you to share some how-tos on how to minimize those not-so-great qualities and how really how to maximize our executive presence no matter where we go and some little tips that people could take away, okay? You got it. A speaker has little value to an audience unless you, the listener, is motivated and empowered to change. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates is a renowned speaker and is an architect of change. Consultations, training, seminars, and speaking engagements are the venues where she affects change. Whether your responsibilities include customer service, sales, marketing, training, executive management, or ownership, and you are seeking change in your organization, then you need to hire Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Connie doesn't just fill your ears with rhetoric. She speaks to the heart and success of your business. So next time you need to hire a speaker, don't hire someone that just talks. Hire an architect of change, Connie Whitman. Just ask for Connie by calling 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. We are back, um, and we are talking about executive presence with Christine Agnello, and she is sharing some awesome statistics and and, um, different information. And now we're going to talk about some how-tos because the show for me, Christine, it's wonderful. We talk about topics, which I think is real important to open people's minds and share an idea that maybe they had never heard of or didn't know about. And then I always try to incorporate how-tos so when people listen to the show, the next minute, literally, they could say, well, let me try to use and whatever that tip is that the guest has, has shared. So when we talk about the executive presence, can you give some things that we do to ourselves that maybe we need to stop doing? <laughs> you know, it's interesting uh, what, what to do and not do. I, I, I train communication skills and executive presence, and people come in my my classroom or the conference room and they say, oh, I hate speaking in public. Remember the example you gave when you started the show? Oh, and it was really interesting. I asked one woman, so, you know, what's up? What's, she said, I have a lot of anxiety. And we, I said, tell me more mm-hmm. about that. And she said, Christine, um, when I'm talking, people are staring at me. And you might laugh and say, well, well, they're just making eye contact with you. But, Connie, it's amazing the things that we tell ourselves mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons. So I said, Did, have you ever thought that they were just paying attention to you? Because if you're speaking and they're not paying attention to you, they're on their phone, they're on the BlackBerry, they're on their computer, like that's pretty disrespectful. But it sounds like what's worrying you is them actually connecting with you. And it was, for me, for a lot of these people, it's a mind shift. It's saying, it's challenging. Why do you think they're staring at you? Other people will say things like they're judging me. Um, Mm. Other people will, yeah, judging. And this is both men and women, by the way. 
And <laughs> more women, though, which is interesting. And then the other part of it is I'm nervous because I'm wondering about what's going to happen. Like, I hope I don't get a question I can't answer. I hope I don't forget what I'm going to say. I hope I don't make a jerk out of myself in front of my boss. So there's a lot of self-sabotaging that happens. So you and I can talk about presence, and I can give you a list of characteristics, and, and I will, in ways that you can create it in the way that they're, they're diminished, which we touched upon. But the real question is, is what are the stories that we tell ourselves that then manifest in us physically and vocally? Yeah, and I, I laugh because I, I call that the record player, mm. <laughs> you know, and for the millennials out there, they know what it is, but they've never owned one. I have owned several <laughs> record players. Thank you very much. And, uh, you and, aged yourself, Connie. Yes, right? Thank you very much. But here's the thing. You could say the radio, the record player, whatever it is, it plays over and over and over again in our head, and then subconsciously we just give into it, and that's yeah. how we act. So when I'm saying they're going to find me out, I'm not good enough, I project that I'm not good enough. And it just becomes, yeah, it's part of how how we we just respond because of that internal record player. So, yeah, I'm laughing at the negative self-talk. So, okay, so how do we shift that? How do I love what you said. It's a mind shift. How do we do Mm -hmm. that? Yeah, so there's, uh, I've done some research on this, and I've attended some seminars on this, and I've done it in my own practice, uh, which is shown to be really powerful if you really stick to it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it creating a positive mental state, and there are three points to that. Uh, the first point is to identify what you're calling record player, um, the, the negative self-talk. So before mm-hmm. you walk in a room, what are you saying to yourself that's not so positive, that are things like, they know more than me, I hope I don't mm-hmm. screw up. And it's, again, self-sabotaging. That's really what you're doing, and again, it's going to affect your physical and vocal. Um, so I usually have people write it down. You know, so maybe listeners, you write it down. And what do you say to yourself that makes you anxious? So we tell ourselves some pretty fascinating stories that usually aren't so great. Um, once you've done that, it's, it's really coming to the understanding that it, when we say negative things like don't screw up or don't do something, it's interesting is your mind can't visualize not doing something. So, for example, if I said, um, I hope I don't drop this glass. Well, I'm actually visualizing dropping the glass. So when you say, I hope I don't get nervous, you're actually reinforcing the nerves. So the thought behind that is, again, you can't visualize not doing something, so you have to put it in a language of present tense that gives you a positive visual, positive feeling. So for me, and hopefully I have not done it too much on this show, Connie, I am a fast talker, right? I'm from New Jersey. I'm Italian. That's what we do. That's what we do. That's what we we do. Yeah. yeah. So what and I used to say, I hope I don't speak too quickly. Mm-hmm. Now I will say I'm thoughtful and deliberate. Or I will say slow down, pause. So it's positive and it's present. And I can see it, right? I can I can I can do that. I can't not not talk fast, right? That's I have right. to be able to slow down and be thoughtful. So part is is replacing the negative with the positive soft talk in in the present, and that's, we call that a, uh, an affirmation. And then once you've done that, the third step is to visualize that positive outcome. So, for example, if I say to myself before a big gig, like when I was meeting with you, Connie, I wanted to be, I said, I'm, I'm engaging, I'm funny, and I'm smart, and I'm deliberate. That might have been the four things I said. 
and you say it to yourself over and over again. And then what does it actually look like? What do I, what, what do I look like when I'm smart and engaging and thoughtful and deliberate? And what are these people seeing? So it's actually closing your eyes and visualizing it. And this, and then it's more likely to happen. There's been a ton of research on this. I think it started in sports psychology, and I know that it's a very, it's very prominent in that area, meaning golf and basketball, any really any kind of sport. It's about visualization, and and the impact that it has is tremendous. It's all positive. Yeah, and you know the whole, you know the whole spiritual movement. I'm going to say. Uh, you know, where now we're mindfulness and mm-hmm. your thoughts become reality. And exactly. I do believe that. I do believe that. So, and affirmations, you know, make those positive affirmations. So, again, it's it's turning down the record player, the noise, mm-hmm. the, the, the radio, whatever it is, and changing the channel or tuning it in better. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what I think you're talking about here is identifying. I love that idea, guys, with what Christy said. Write it down. Write what's going on in your head right before those anxious meetings or whatever it is that you have to present. And then I would even say, Christine, rewrite it so that you put it into the positive. Like you said, I'm going to go in and I'm going to be engaging and funny and smart and deliberate. Write that down and almost keep reading it over. And then Mm -hmm. the third one is close your eyes and visualize you are being dynamic and funny and smart and all of those things. Um, that you, how you want to present what great what a great three three part approach to to have that change actually happen very clear I love that Christine that that was awesome my my next question I think is that will help perhaps with this but the overcoming anxiety like that woman who said to you you're going to be looking at me. <laughs> And when you, you know, when you said to her, well, isn't that a good thing? Would you rather than be looking at their blackberries or whatever? <laughs> what was her, what was her response? I'm, I'm curious. You know, it's funny. She sort of sat there. She said, yeah, I mean, you're right. Um, you're right. They are paying attention to me. So why do I feel like they're staring at me? And I know kind of this is going to sound kind of wacky, but a lot of times this really is the mind. And I have to ask a lot of questions to uncover things like, you know, what happened in the past to you? And is there did something happening when you spoke to a group of people? Mm-hmm. Um, have you been negatively, criti- negatively criticized in the past? You know, I kind of want to dig into it a bit because it really is a mental mindset. But it takes a while to change it. If someone is really saying someone's staring at me and judging me, you actually have to get underneath that and try to figure out what that is. So if you're saying that about yourself, um, it's really about trying to understand where it comes from. And i got to say, if you – you know, if you really, if you really get, if you really think about this positive affirmation, like I'm thoughtful, I'm confident, I'm deliberate, deliberate. After a while, uh, you will start to believe it, and it will start changing the way that you walk into a room and the way that people perceive you. You know, it's interesting. It's so funny. When I started the radio show, it's almost a year ago, and somebody recently, I just had my son's graduation party and someone said to me at the party, I, you know, I've tuned into several shows and they said, wow, from the beginning to now, the current shows, what a difference. And I said, it is, isn't it? It's remarkable. I, you know, I'm being coached or, and I still am being coached by the producer every week. You know, we talk about the show, what the intros, all of that to be more engaged, all the things you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, I've never done this before. I had no idea. I was terrified all of that self-talk of 
oh, my God, now I'm on the show. You're not seeing my body language. What if I'm horrible? And then she coached me, and little by little by little, I get better and better and better. I don't even think about all the things that she's taught me. In the beginning, I had notes in front of me. Don't say this. Watch how you say that. Just to, to remain present, right, with all of these things, these exactly. little mistakes I was making. Now, I don't need that because it's just been, I just do what I do now based on all of that coaching. So very well said that at some point, you just do it, and, and you're, you walk out going, oh, wait, I didn't even think about that today. I thought that was a pretty good show, or yeah. that was a really good presentation. And you're not really thinking about it. It just becomes how you, you kind of you, you rewire your, your brain is, mm-hmm. is what exactly. I think happens, right? Yeah. Any other – we have a, a couple of minutes le- left. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other tips that you think can be very impactful um, for people who just, you know – want to get a better executive presence, but want to be more confident when they're in meetings or when they need to speak. I know. It's such, it's such a big topic, right? So now I'm it struggling. Is. Which ones do I pick? Um, I do think that we have to start with what our head is saying. Uh, I do think it's helpful to be thinking about uh, your physical presence. Hey, look, there, there's, um, there's an old saying, which is fake it till you make it, right? Mm-hmm. So you might Absolutely. not feel very confident at the time, but fake it, right? Because eventually you'll become it. And it's the idea of I walk in this room and I think I know, you know, and I'm confident that I know the content. I'm confident that I'm good at what I do. I'm confident that I have insight to share. And that confidence will come through. And so it's about how do you build your confidence from within so that people can see it. So, again, we talk about that three-step process. Um, and also, you know, ask for feedback from people. You know, I, co- I train a lot of people, and I, and I always say to people, tell people what you're working on. Tell people what it is that you're trying to accomplish, and, and let them give you feedback. I think that's incredibly important. Okay. So just some final tips. I know we don't have too much time, but it's really when you start thinking about the negative things, like I can't do this, and I hope I don't screw up, I just need you to stop. Just shut it down. Um, you know, is ask yourself the question, is this helpful? No, it's not helpful. And try to find something that's going to help you ease into being comfortable. Hey, look, no one likes walking into room executives. Well, not no one, but it's a difficult thing to do. Speaking in public, I think it's the, the five worst things people face, right? Death, drowning, fire, being eaten by an animal, and then public speaking. Being um, so eaten by an animal. <laughs> yeah, I, I threw that in there. I think, I, I mean, I would hate to be eaten by an animal, right? Anyway, um, so the idea is that you need to start thinking about the positive stuff, knowing you're going to be a little nervous. Being a little nervous is normal. Own it. Yep, I'm a bit nervous. So what do I do with this now? Um, one thing that gets underrated is breathing. Gosh, if you feel nervous, take a couple mm. deep diaphragmatic breaths. It will help you focus. And then look for that friendly person in the room. Um, let's not forget about being big. Being big is being powerful. If you take a look around a room and you try to pick people out, like who's manager and who's not, I don't know how you know how accurate you are. I think it's pretty high. The people that are most senior take up the most space. Keep your hands above the table. Keep them away from your face. Lean back in your chair. Smile appropriately. It's about acting in a very deliberate way, a natural way, but also uh, being in control, being in control of what you say, what you do but not obsessed with it. Just be who you are. Be natural. I find that most people think they have to perform and they get really serious. And serious is boring. Let's add a little vocal inflection to add variety and interest. So those are some tips. 
I talk about this idea of executive presence and vocal and, and, and being big. And Amy Cuddy, you know Amy Cuddy, right, Connie? Amy I do. Cuddy, I love her. Yeah. She's great. She's an expert in nonverbal. And, and what she has some research that – actually, I've been saying this for 18 years, and Amy's got some good feedback that the way you hold yourself physically affects you emotionally. And the way that you feel emotionally affects you physically. And so what her research says is basically – you know, you can create confidence with how you stand. And hear that old the, the, the story about if you smile, you get in a good mood, right? It, it creates endorphins. And so with her research, the Harvard research of people that she um, cites, it goes right into that research that just confirms the fact that we need to feel big and look big, and that's going to bring all the confidence in the world. Yeah, and, and the TED Talk are fabulous. They're 18 minutes, so everybody should have 18 minutes to sit and watch this. It's brilliant, it's simple, and she just gives some great information as well as how to make yourself big. And I, I love, I'm a Wonder Woman fan, but everyone knows who she is, even the young kids today. But if you do that Wonder Woman pose where the hands are on the hips, that, you know, the legs slightly spread where you're strong and you're stable and your chin is almost a little up, you know, in the air, shoulder shoulders are back. When you take that stance, it's called a power pose. What happens is your cortisol level drops and your testosterone level rises. And that provides that executive presence or that illusion, if you will, of, of confidence when you walk into a room. When you have to do, maybe like, like Christine said, you're going into a big meeting or you, you have to do public speaking and that's not your wheelhouse of comfort. Do a power pose before you walk in. Mm-hmm. Visualize yourself, right? And and you make yourself larger as soon as you walk in the room. You take up more space and you, you create that presence. So great tips, Christine, just great tips. Uh, I love it. I love it all. I could talk about this stuff all day because I think the better we communicate with the world, whether it be professionally, personally, friend, it doesn't matter. Um, the better we get at communicating, I think just the easier our lives become and the more impactful and the more successful we become. So very important topic, and I, I really thank you for taking time out of your busy day to come and, and join us and share this awesome, awesome information. One more thing before we hang up. Again, guys, do your identify your negative talk, write it down rewrite it or rethink it with a positive affirmation, change that thought, that negative thought into a positive one, and then visualize the outcome of success. And that three little step approach I think is brilliant and it should help. Do your power poses as needed. And I love what Christine says, think big, act big, fake it till you make it. Is that what you, is that, was that the term? Fake it till you make it. Yeah. That's a big one. Hers is fake it till you become it. Till you become it. I love that. Um, again, I will post all of your, Christine, all your information on the Web Talk Radio website so everyone will be able to connect with you and um, have a conversation. You see how intelligent my friend is here. So connect with, with, <laughs> connect with Christine. Kiddo, thank you so much again for being on the show. Um, just very insightful, very impactful half hour. Much appreciated. Um, again, everyone, I hope you would join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how we can grow and challenge ourselves so we all embrace change and realize, you know, use some of those tips we talked about today. Change is really easier than I think we often think. Um, thank you again, my guest, Christine, for being an awesome, awesome person to have on the show. Um, everyone, you've been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful, exciting, and powerful-filled week. Thanks again. You've 
have been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me, but I can't.